today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. We're just a couple of days away from the uh, fourth anniversary of the uh, legalization of uh, recreational cannabis, uh, not just in Ontario, but of course on a national basis, uh, with the first G7 nation to do it. Now, if you recall four years ago, and I press, even before that, a lot of debate about this, certainly. But uh, once the government decided to move forward on this, uh, there were some great expectations that this was going to be uh, just a, a great addition to the Ontario and to the Canadian economies. So four years in, how's it doing? Uh, well, the Ontario Chamber's done some work on this, and uh, it's interesting to see some of the numbers and, and maybe some of the uh, suggestions as to how we can actually make things better. Uh, the policy paper that we're going to refer to here is uh, from uh, Daniel Safiani, who is the Vice President of Policy with the Ontario Chamber of Commerce, and he joins us on the program to talk about this. Daniel, pleasure to have you back with us. Thanks for the time today. Good morning, Bill. Thanks for having me on. I do feel like it was a real, little bit criminal of us to cut the, the Bob Marley jam off uh, just as it was getting going. But I understand we do have actual business to attend to this morning. Well, exactly. Exactly. And and uh, it's something that I think a lot of people, I don't know why, by the way, we were just talking about this with my producer the last time. Uh, anytime we ever talk about cannabis, uh, it, that just you know, that brings Bob Marley on all of us, which is kind of cool, I guess. Um, <laughs> In, in his own way, but anyway, uh, let's let's look at some of the numbers here. Because as I mentioned in my preamble here, four years ago we thought this is going to be great—not maybe a cash cow, but people, Daniel, were jumping up and down and saying this is going to be great. You know, the, a number of plants were being planned, land was purchased uh, for grow operations to make this thing t- fly. It hasn't taken off. I know they kind of stumbled out of the gate on this, uh, and it's not really where they wanted it to be four years in. What what, what, what does your data tell you? Well, look, our data tells us a a few different things. First of all, um, there are folks making money selling cannabis in Canada, and that uh, we know, at least in the Ontario scene, um, happens to be uh, the Ontario Cannabis Store, whose own profits over the last three fiscal years have amounted to something close to $273 million. Um, Now, It's absolutely fine and was part of the formula that the government, you know, uh, tax this and collect revenue as part of the legalization process. But what has happened here is this has creeped up and has been done on the backs of industry, on the backs of producers and on the backs of retailers. And it's actually potentially undermining the viability of a robust and competitive legal recreational cannabis market, which to be clear is what is going to be absolutely necessary if we want to successfully displace the illegal market. And four years in, Bill, what we're actually seeing with the illegal market, and this some of this could be um, you know, some of the pains that have been experienced recently with, with respect to delivery stoppage and, and some of the turmoil that we're seeing within kind of the retail market, um, we're actually seeing the illicit market Um, remain steady or even, according to some estimates, make gains um, over the last several months, uh, cutting back into the legal shares portion of the market. And Does that surprise you when you saw those numbers? Because that that was one of the stated goals. Okay, we're going to make this such an attractive business that the illegal market is just, if not not go away, at least, least, you know, reduced significantly. And that hasn't happened. It hasn't happened to the extent that it should have, and it's not entirely surprising because the way, and this is one of the things the Ontario Chamber has been calling out since the start, and we are trying to do another kind of push around as we are 
reevaluating some of the rules of the roads and the regulatory structures to say the the structure to begin with was kind of destined uh, to not provide the necessary amount of competition. When you have one single government-run entity acting as the wholesaler and distributor of the product throughout the entire province, uh, you're not allowing for uh, a producer to have a direct relationship with a retailer. You're not allowing for a competitive mix of prices and products. Um, You're only allowing for one middleman, in this case, the government-run OCS, to list all the products. And so as a retailer, you're not allowed to differentiate. As a producer, you only have one seller. Um, And we've seen it work better uh, in other markets when you do allow for a little bit more privatization here, a little bit more liberalization and more room for the legal sector to compete more effectively against uh, the illegal market. And Bill, just very quickly on this, there have been some positive strides. Uh, you know, the, over the last four years, we have grown the legal footprint uh, on the retail side. We have, uh, through a heavy lob- lobby campaign and advocacy effort, we've obtained uh, e-commerce privileges, allowing retailers to deliver cannabis to their consumers. We had to push so hard for this because previously this was something that just the government wanted to control. The government was saying, no, only the Ontario Cannabis Store can deliver Why does it make sense for the Ontario Cannabis Store to deliver a gram of weed from their facility in Guelph to a customer in North Timmins? Um, We were saying, no, retailers exist in North Timmins. They can do that delivery. It's more effective. It's more efficient. It's what the customers are looking for as well. So there have been strides in the positive direction. But unfortunately, some of the all-around regulatory approaches at the federal and provincial level have left the industry kind of on an uphill battle to make further gains where necessary. I, I've not talked to anybody in the last uh, four years, I guess, now since this has been legal, that doesn't want this system to work and doesn't want it to be better. Everybody does, including some government officials I've talked to, in, including in the ministry. Are they listening to the folks in the industry, Daniel? To say, you know, How can we do this better? How can we make it easier for you guys? Look, I think there is some appetite for reform here, uh, but it has been a slow-moving file. And I think, you know, one of those critical voices is the government's own Auditor General. And this is one thing that we called out in the release put out yesterday, Bill, and it's one worth um, underscoring quickly to your listeners here. Um, Yeah, we are approaching the four-year anniversary of legalization, uh, but we note that we're actually also approaching the one-year anniversary of the Auditor General's report uh, released last year in December, which outlines a range of vulnerabilities and transparency issues related to the Ontario Cannabis Store, including the oversight of its delivery service partner, which re- recently manifested in the delivery stoppage, which led to complete turmoil for the retail sector and for producers. So the government's own Auditor General came up with a series of 16 recommendations. Uh, Everything from obtaining more transparency around how uh, the government's pricing decisions and markups are uh, determined, how products are listed and delisted, and also importantly, the social responsibility mandate to help displace the illegal market, which the Auditor General also lambasted the Ontario Cannabis Store, saying they had done um, uh, insufficient, uh, have had, had insufficient progress on that front. And so we've had this report. We have the Ontario Cannabis Store's response to this report, which is, yes, absolutely, we need to do better on this front. We acknowledge these are issues and these are shortcomings. And yet a year later, we find ourselves in a situation in which 
no progress towards these goals have been made. Um, that's that's no the frustration. Ser- that's the frustration, right. I guess, with government interference. I, I, we got to break it off here. We're just about out of time. Of I, I'm glad you guys are staying on this, Daniel. I, I thank you for the report. I think it was necessary to get uh, a, a progress report on what's going on. Uh, let's continue to track this and see what's going to happen in the next little while. I, I, I guess uh, Bob Marley is going to be the song in your head for the rest of the day. Uh, so I apologize for that. But uh, thanks you for this. and <laughs> Have a good weekend. There's, there's worse things to jam out to. Thanks so exactly. much. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> Daniel Sapiani, right. uh, Vice President of Policy for the Ontario Chamber. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.